The kakadu plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Hey, listen. Welcome to season two, shipheads. That's right, we're back. Deciding whether video games are art or good, we do that, and we're doing it again. With me, we is still my... haven't decided. <laughs> we'll never I would decide. Love, I would love if we got to the end and we were like, no, no, <laughs> it's not. It's you know garbage. What? For there, it's not good. Don't send the hard we drive out. Are smart. <laughs> <laughs> what a great show that would be. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. one of your hosts, Adam Ganser. With me is uh, perhaps my more forward-thinking colleague. That's right. I'm Michael Swain. <laughs> we are pretentious, but not sure. that pretentious nah. to like eschew the whole medium that we built our thing around. <laughs> this is one upsmanship. Sure is. You are shipheads. This is what we do. And to just blow the doors off this motherfucker. You know, start season off too. All right. Yeah. Who else could it be? But Danielle Radford. Welcome, Danielle. Thank you for being here. Thank you. How about all of us keep our expectations nice and (laughs) close to the floor where we can all see them? (laughs) Just keep them nice and that's right. Nope. This, it's like a season two premiere of a scripted show. We expect like, oh, this will be a banger. Yeah. It has oh, no. to be. He's, it was part of the pitch deck. <laughs> yeah. He's handing out yeah, expectation him, guns and we're all firing them now everywhere. 
Ah, yeah, the, the WGA writer strike is going on. So yes. Danielle's not legally allowed to say really funny shit. Like she has to say <laughs> that. Uh, well, I am pre-WGA, which means mm, apparently me I was already not saying very funny shit. Mm. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, I've made my whole living writing for 15 years and I am also pre-WGA. Hey! Interesting fun fact. You're yeah, on the right I podcast agree- for writing I, grumbles. Yeah. Yeah. For the record, I agree in the things they're striking for. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, of Ma- course we do. Yeah. Mainly because it'll make my cool shows not get canceled season two to screw the crew out of residuals. Yeah. yeah. And then I get to see the show. Let's Plus get also, into yeah, what, oh. the reason why it's hard for us to get in is uh, for all of the reasons that they're like doing stuff. So, yes, we, we support That's them. Right. But also, uh, mm-hmm. we're funny too. pay attention to us. It's going to be very funny if. Uh, the strike ends like a week into the strike, which is about when we're recording this. And this releases in early June. And people are like, bro, we're still talking about that. You know what I mean? I know, right? <laughs> but, oh, uh, right. Well, I feel that we're, way about let's this. Keep intro right now. Let's, let's keep it yeah, evergreen. Let's keep it evergreen. Let's get on track. That's right. Speaking of green, that's a loose segue to a character <laughs> who wears green. Yeah, it is. Link. Oof. And that's a game of his as well. We're covering today. Uh, a link to the past specifically we've covered which have we done ocarina breath of the wild was breath of the wild our very first it was episode? that was it was go back and, and we check. covered ocarina and i think that might be it. no 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 link's dream a link awakenings from a dream oh. Actually, breath breath and of the wild this. was not our first episode of super mario odyssey but breath of the wild was the first was time we early. tried a podcast together way back way back oh, in the day oh yeah 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 so when it was called final bosses and it Correct. didn't See and the light of day happen. until it's retooled. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, All right. So yeah, take us, take us past so where you know I want to get past. We're going to warp Daddy. right out of the past into the present and do our very first segment. Tell me like I may bit where uh, we will explain to you, probably a young gamer, uh, exactly mm. what the Legend of Zelda: A Link to the Past is. And when I say we, I mean <laughs> Danielle uh, is going to give us, you know, a summary. You feel up to that, <laughs> Danielle? Yeah, I can do a summary. Um, So essentially, um, A Link to the Past was the uh, Zelda game that Nintendo put out with the, not with the launch, but I think right around the time the uh, uh, SNES came out, the... um, the Super Nintendo. So it was like one of their first major Super Nintendo non-Mario games. And... uh, Legend of Zelda has already always been this kind of top-down, massive, you know, go on a map, talk to the people, smash the vase, cut the, you know, cut the the bush, um, don't harass chickens kind of franchise. (laughs) But so this is where it, it, in my opinion, started to get deeper because not only did you, and this is like during the days when, I'm pushing up my glasses. If you wanted to know how the game ended, you had to actually play it or mm-hmm. how, watch a friend play it. Uh, we didn't have Let's Plays. We didn't have any of that stuff. Even if you wanted to get spoiled, it meant you had to buy a magazine that was like postdated three months in advance. And so you go through and you play it and it feels like when you're playing it first, that there is a very obvious stop point. And I think we'll probably get through the whole thing. And then what happens is, is it twists your shit and it's like, no, baby, you got a whole other world to do. And so it's like super long, incredibly immersive. Of course, it's cute. Of course, it's got all of the things that you love about The Legend of Zelda. It looks great. Um, there are all kinds of hidden little surprises and Easter eggs all over the map. Um, there's a tons of stuff to do. You're going from dungeon to dungeon. You're getting weapons, baby. You're teasing monkeys. Uh, <laughs> 
you're, you're, you know, you're fighting you off. Are. And in this, yes, uh, the one thing that does set this um, separate is that Ganon is not your main foe in this one, even though you're fighting all of his dudes. It seems a little weird. Um, but you're actually fighting a wizard. Um, just a, a aggro wizard. And I believe that this is the first... And I could be wrong, so please um, yeah. at me, because you will anyway. But um, I believe that this was the first Zelda where it really established that every Zelda is a new link in a new story with a new tale. Mm. Because I believe that the second Legend of Zelda that was on um, the Nintendo was a continuation of the first story. This is the first one where they were like, no, every link is like different. It's like a different generation's link. And all these people are going to like continue. You know, it's like, well, now we all, everyone knows what multiverses is, but now we have entered the multiverse of links. Yeah. That's a great point. Uh, and one that we will be talking about. Well done. Thank you so much. Uh, I try to keep it quick, but I'm very verbose. <laughs> you're, again, you're on the right podcast. Uh, yeah. Let's pass our very next checkpoint. And uh, mm -hmm. we're going to get right into the rants where we give our hot takes about the game uh, and, you know, anything else we want to launch up for discussion. Uh, Mike, you want to go first? You want me to go first? No, what do you think? No, I'll be honest, dude. I don't want to talk at all in this episode. <laughs> okay. All right. Great. Oh, that's so interesting. I'll go first. Okay, great. No, so I should lay it out. <laughs> okay, great. Because um, uh, so I have to ease into it by saying. And just flex nuts. I recently completed Sifu, which I don't think I'll ever complete because it's my eternal teacher now. It's like my <laughs> destiny for Adam. You're going to hear me bring it up ad nauseum for the rest of this series. I love this. Um, because it's also a focal point of a lot of things I learned about gaming and myself, which then is so amazing that it's called teacher. But anyway, my octopus teacher. Anyway, uh, by beat Sifu, I mean I spared Yang age 22. Oh, Which my is God, like, I could get down to 20, but like I can turn the game inside out now. And I've never actually, as people have heard, I've loved video games my whole life. And one thing that's interesting is at the really reflexy skill based games, I never can get like impressively good. Um, which may be one of the reasons I'm your resident story guy and Adam routinely is able to find the joy in things that are more toy like or by toy like I just mean, you know, it's a test of reflexes and coordination in that way versus strategy or brains shit. Mm -hmm. um, Sifu has a bare enough story that it proved to me. I can fall in love with something that's just, I got to go faster. I got to go faster. I got to press the green light when it's time to press the green light. So I was playing that interwoven with Link to the Past, which I've never played. In fact, Link's Awakening was the first time I'd played one of these top-down 2Ds. We also covered Tunic and we both like ripped into it. Um, and I don't relish at all bringing down the joy of people listening to this or even taking the stance that it's just nostalgia, but I hated this game. <laughs> hated oh this game. And I can stop there and not ever. Cause I like, don't want to be the stinker of the episode. That's not my agenda. Right. Um, I think I can elucidate you why it's so not my cup of tea. Yes. And please. it might be interesting to you yep. later in the episode, yeah, but course. like, but I'm just wary of, because I am a sensei, like I can also say things that I'm like, wow, it invented that. Oh, cool. It invented that. I just thought it was not fun at all. <laughs> not <laughs> fun at all. And yeah. hey, here's the thing. Like 
even with, uh, and, and I think that this is a problem that happens. It happens when people go back and talk about comedians they used to like, uh, great movies, and then you look at them and you you play them so many years later, and it's like, okay. And like, it doesn't hit for you. Right. And um, not to argue, because I think that your feelings are valid. I've had these feelings before, and that's how I started thinking about this, um, is that what it becomes is that everything that you have played so far has robbed, not robbed, been inspired by so much of what happened in this game that by the time you get to it, it's like, who fucking cares? Like, I've already, it feels old hat to you. Like, and I don't think that that's necessarily, in fact, there are times when I have on purpose avoided stuff. I'll avoid movies if hype is too high because I want to be able to look at them with my own eyes without like having to deal with all of the discourse and all of that other stuff. And so like, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing that you go back and you look at the mechanics and you're like, I never played this before. So like, I'm not getting the thing that you got when you were like four or whatever. <laughs> I think that that's fine. <laughs> A hundred percent. Certainly part of it. I think there's more. Okay, great. Yeah. I'm that's... Interested. No, I want to hear it. I totally want to hear it. I do. I talk about wrestling all the time. You think I'm not used to like, everyone People having are like, I don't like opinions. this. Yeah. Yeah. So first of all, now we're going to have to talk about wrestling at some point, but I'm going to set that aside oh, for yeah. now. Uh, I mean, yeah. Because I, yeah. That's usually what people have me for. Okay, great. So, uh, Mike, you are going to have to say more. Not right now, but like I, I, I do want to know because you're, you're giving us a teaser again, and I need to know exactly what the thing is that you don't like about this game. But I think you're already halfway into your, your take, Daniel. So how about you mm -hmm. go next? Oh, well, yeah, this is like my favorite game of all time. Um, this was, and I absolutely, this was like my first real because it feels it's called like an action adventure. But when you go back and you play like the final fantasies that were happening around the time, it's like, oh, no, this is like an RPG. You know, this is like baby's first RPG. Obviously, it it has the it doesn't necessarily have like a lot of the mechanics of some of like it's on a turn based RPG. But that is what it is. And I just I think for me, it was just the joy of discovery of going through and being like who that fairy oh what these fins do you know what i mean <laughs> like going through i when i played it the first time um i literally went through and i would go to every dungeon and just get the weapon and then try to unlock all the other stuff until it was like oh i can't actually move on until i have defeated all the monsters and then go back and just annihilate them because i decided to side quest before i went and did the main quest um so that's how i played the game and and that the ability to um be able to change weapons on the fly and say like, oh, this is the weapon that works for this. And how much of that is related to puzzle and problem solving, which hits me in a real big part of my brain. That I think was a huge part of it. Like being able to combine that puzzle and problem solving with, oh, I also get a sword and I get to chop dudes up. Oh, also there's like a really cute story and there's things like happening here that you actually care about. There are moments in that story where like you will get a little choked up. and for me, that was the first time playing a game that I'd ever felt that combination of things. And so that's always going to be something where it's like amazing. And unlike other things that I discovered in childhood that I liked, I can go back to that 
and continually appreciate it. Whereas there's some stuff where I'm like, nope, that stays in the past forever. Nope, don't need to watch that unless I'm in a certain uh, headspace. Mm. <laughs> you know mm. what I mean? Mm. Um, uh, 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 like I love Gem and the Holograms. Uh, I love it. I I enjoy it like crazy. I can only watch three episodes in a row now without being like, yeah, 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 okay. Jem is off to do something cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pizazz and the Misfits show up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And then she has to call Jem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they save the day and there's like an orphan. You know what I mean? I know all of the tropes and all of the beats. Of course. To those. Whereas with this, I still know every part of the game and it's still so much fun for me to be like, I'm about to go get my flippers. You know? That's great. Uh, by the I'm way, Joe seeing outer space, man, but that's okay too. Jem and the holograms. <laughs> incredible theme song. Like the theme song to Gem, dude, it, it like chokes 10. me up every time. It's so good. <laughs> and it's, the rotoscoped animation? Yeah, Come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've never been a Gem guy. I mean, I've watched maybe three ever, but that theme song, put it on. I'll watch the whole thing on a YouTube video. Unashamedly. Look, I'll watch it. They did one of the first things that blew my mind when I was a kid. Ah, I don't even want to spoil it, except it's like an old show. But yeah, anyway, uh, right. uh, it's fine. We'll talk about this offline. Clearly, be another episode. Schedule, <laughs> schedule the wrestling talk. Schedule the gem talk. I mean, on all this. At this it. point, it might be a thirty-year-old show or something like that. Don't care. Right? Still into it, bro. Yeah. Uh, don't care. All right. So, player three. Player three. Adam Gans are plugging in after that gem plug. Uh, okay, so. I'm going to acknowledge that it's impossible to judge this game through the lens of not having played it when it came out. That is a key experience. And just like all perceptional problems in our existential world, no one can walk through the lens of another. I can't tell you how objective either any of us are about this game because it was a revelation in 1991. It was the best game ever made in 1991 in some ways. Like I, you know, you could it argue was my lover. It was my, father. it was my child. Uh, no, it, it was, it's, it's amazing. It's an amazing game to me. It's still very fun to play. I played it last week. Um, and it was like, man, I, I really enjoyed it, really enjoyed it. And, um, I don't love every Zelda. I go back and play. Um, no. I just played through the original Legend of Zelda a couple weeks before that to like see if I cared and it's fine. Um, and it's, yeah, there's good things about it and you can appreciate how inventive it is, but it's very clear that a link to the past is the crystallization of this is what 2d Zelda meant. This is it. <laughs> crystallization. That's right. Zing. Uh, this Zing. is it. You know what I mean? Like if you want to go back in time and sort of see what video games were before they reached the third dimension, what is the best mm. version of this whole idea? It's linked to the past, which is like great. Cause it's also a perfectly titled game. That's what it does for us as a video game piece of history. Um, I think it was a great point. And of course, sorry. I, I had never realized the double meaning, which is good. It's so it's so loud and dumb, but it's like in this one, Link go to pass. Right. Well, also, Look, ba Link ba baby, baby does love a pun. I hate yeah. puns, but I write puns for a living. I don't know. My life is a dichotomy. Titles should work on multiple levels. I think. Sorry, we're no. You're on fine. No, also, I agree. Link was named because he is a, a character that connects the player to a world. That's what his name mm -hmm. means. So, like, Nintendo's aware of this pun. Like, they have been using it forever. Um. So. 
how to, how to talk about it objectively. The thing that this game does so well that makes it matter is, first of all, it's kind of a, a precursor and like a big moment in the fusion of action games and RPG games, which is exactly mm-hmm. what Danielle said. It feels very much like a distilled Final Fantasy um, I don't know if you guys are yes. playing the Pixel Remasters, but the Pixel Remasters reminded me, oh, yeah, A Link to the Past is the first time that, that Link like had a real plot with characters whose stories you sort of navigate through quests and stuff. That's very much an early Final Fantasy RPG thing. And Link to the Past is doing that. And the other games didn't really do that so much. Zelda 2 did it, but also Zelda 2 <laughs> feels a little bit like a like a one-off where they kind of fuse Zelda onto something else, kind of like they did with Super Mario 2. Isn't it famously over hard, too? It's very hard, yeah. So, like, this game isn't the first time this series had quests, but it does feel like an intentional addition of RPG elements to the formula of Zelda that they thought mattered, which is the top-down dungeon crawling thing, right? It's also Mm -hmm. an expansion of what dungeons are, uh, an expansion of the kinds of tools and tricks and game loops that will exist in Zelda forever. Um, it is, uh, it's a great use of sort of the idea of warping across different maps and using both maps in a sort of comparative way. That's a new idea that they're doing oh. here. The hook shot, the uh, like the dash, just so many things that are now staple in video games they became staples in game boy games and all those sort of like 2d media that came after it we just played Link's awakening a few years ago and we're like man this game is really fun to play yeah bro because it's stealing almost all the cool stuff from this game which is why i love it which is why it's one of my favorite games which is why i will buy so nintendo is very smart Mm. in the same way that um uh, they were very smart about like, look, when we release a Final Fantasy VII remake, y'all will know. Right. We'll do it when we need to do it, right. not a second beforehand. That's right. Nintendo knows that the anytime they put a link to the past on a new platform, everyone's going to buy. It. I'm going to buy it. Uh, same for Link, Link's Awakening. And so they'll do them to update them, to make them look like whatever they're current and i love that they haven't abandoned 2d as like a viable way to tell stories yeah link Um, to the past is too important for them to to like just shove it entirely to the side or do a complete remake because in a lot of ways this game is also extremely polished a game like a, a lot of those early nes games we don't cover them much on the show because they're they're still like though they're inventing things they're not polished enough to say that they're fun like they're objectively yes. fun this game anyone who's never played it i think maybe mike will prove me wrong can go back and appreciate <laughs> why it's fun like it's just a fun game to play the idea of there being a second map that's sort of interwoven with the first map and all the yes. secrets that are done that way is a cool Zelda idea. It's one of the first big cool Zelda ideas. And every game has one like that. Um, the upcoming game that hasn't released yet as the time of this podcast looks like fusion is the cool Zelda idea that they're going to stick with. And link to the past mm-hmm. sort of is a big marker in the idea that Nintendo has of Zelda being where we try a big mechanic and make it work. And like, you know, this is an experimental playground and link is, important for that and uh yeah it it's one of the best games ever made in my opinion that's my rant it's good rant um yeah no i'm very interested to see because 
No, we'll get into it. I have so okay, much to great. say, but I know you have segments. Wonderful. <laughs> uh, Mike seems to be silenced with pure rage, and therefore I am going to take us to the break that he may recover his rage, drink a bottle of joy, and we will come back and do battle after these <laughs> messages. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On a network that covers more roads than any other carrier, connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Back from the ads, and Danielle was telling us something interesting during the break. Danielle, say that again, if you would. Well, so I was saying that, like, I understand where Mike is coming from because I am a little sister. My sister is five years older than me, so most of my pop culture stuff is either too old for me or too young. And so I was that kid that was like, E.T., I mean, that's fine, but like, have you ever seen Mac and me? He dances in a McDonald's, you know, like that, that was the kid that I was. I Mac was like, Ghostbusters one is like, that's fine. But, um, have you heard on our own by Bobby Brown on Ghostbusters two, which is clearly the better movie. So you're so an alt take fan. You're an alt take fan. You like, you like the, the second edition better. Oh God. I mean, don't get me started okay. on my list of good and bad movies. I have a list of movies that are good movies that are good and that are good movies just to Danielle. 
<laughs> isn't Gem a is Gem a GoBots thing? Yeah, yeah, or yeah, is yeah. Gem Gem was a friend? Pretty sure. Gen is or Gem is also an off brand of something, I believe. Well, by a GoBots, do you mean something that was made to sell dolls? Because yes. And that is not like what you're talking about with Mac and me. Like not Transformers, but GoBots. Not oh, VHS, yeah. but Betamax. Was there a first not, was there a first singer well, right. band thing? Well, I mean, Gem was is Gem a ripoff pur- of anything. Gem was Purple Rain for young white kids. Like, you if you go back That's and fair. you look at the right. first episode, right. it's like, yeah, no, it's Purple Rain without all of the black people and the horniness. <laughs> That's what it dang. is. It's that, two rival it. bands. Let's talk about video games instead. Yes, dang. sorry. <laughs> no, I'm just, now I'm sad. <laughs> it's like, not passed, sad. It's still oh. good. Anyway, sorry. Go. Okay, fair enough. Uh, let's. We passed another checkpoint. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got, I got this. Thank you. Which means. Uh, we traded a like a shovel for a flute for a duck, and now we can fast travel. And that brings us to Game On, which was a relief when you could fast travel. It was. So, you know, it's just such a quality of life improvement we're used to now. Uh, uh, one of the many things that you're like, and I am not blind to those things, or I still was like, wow, fast travel this early. That's so cool. I still thought that stuff. But this is Game On where we just talk. Um yeah, I was going to start by saying, yeah, I don't want you. You don't have to be objective. You can be nostalgic or right. I don't want you to feel guarded because you're in a room knowing that my opinion is I didn't enjoy it. You know what I mean? So be nostalgic if you want. Sure. But uh, I guess I'll start by I'll kick it yeah, off you need and to. say a bunch of good stuff that you guys yeah. probably agree with, which is like I do. T- I slightly disagree with Danielle on the genre. I thought it was more of a top down Metroid than an RPG. Um, but action RPG, I guess is true. I just fit, but I guess the definition to me of that is you level up stats. Whereas in this, it's not stats. I guess this makes it an action RPG regardless. Genre's stupid. So let me move on to what's great about it. <laughs> um, they're so good at pacing the experience and varying the environments and this music that you're hearing and what you're doing and it w- alternating combat, puzzle, combat, puzzle, like compared to tunic uh it was just night and day like it you know it has that nintendo attention to detail they understand the craft to a new level of detail after many decades that i don't think for example the tunic people do or many games that try to rip off like so there's just a pacing thing that's better um i can't it kind of invented or i'm sure there's an earlier example but it struck me as crazy early to have a specific quest that you start with but then when you get to town like Skyrim style or any modern RPG, you have to go around and talk to people and explore the area and then new people hook you into additional quests. That's great. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's cool being wanted in your own town. It's cool when you realize the game is double as long because there's now you just did eight dungeons and then you unlock the dark world and you're like, I got to do eight more. Obviously great. We're about to cover Chrono Trigger, I I assume, this season Mm -hmm. at some point. And that pulled the same trick, which blew my mind because I did play Chrono Trigger at the right age. Uh, I think it's a couple years after it is this, yeah. but oh, yeah. it's good, yeah, yeah. And then ultimately, I'll I kind of want to save because I want to hear good talk, but uh, I will say one of the reasons I think it didn't connect with me that's just illuminating about me, so it's not a knock against the game that I realize is also an why Elden Ring kind of misses me and a lot of games. I realize an underlying mechanic that doesn't get me. That's very particular taste that I wonder I'd be interested in hearing from people out there on this. I don't like any game where in the fundamental experience, 
the uh, combat is based around locked in animations of a particular <gasps> preset length. Oh. And the goal is to know when to press the button. So the animation reaches its zenith at the proper point. I much prefer mm. where we're at now with games like Sifu, Spider-Man. It's becoming much more prevalent where the buttons you press do a set of combos, but the animation, which I know they couldn't do it in 1991 or whatever, but I just like it better. And I'm used to it. Like Danielle said, I can't go back. Um, now we, <laughs> now we do this animation cause the computer's sophisticated enough to procedurally generate it. If you know what I mean? So like you press punch and your fist locks into their joint. It feels fairer to me. It feels more dynamic. Like I just can't go back to, I swing my sword at a preset rate. Once I know how to kill these guys, it's always the same. I hit them once and then they'll come at me in a straight line. I move slightly to the side so their sword doesn't touch me and I hit them again. And it was the combat. You're just constantly doing combat. And I realized flash forward to modern day. It's the same reason I can't get through Elden Ring. Mm. Uh, I don't care about just I press A and it slashes. If I hit the guy, he dies. If I don't, he doesn't. And it's like a lot of the game is that. Is just like hitting guys until they pop. I just can't care about that. It's just boring to me. Um, mm. and, that's tough. Uh, that's, there's a lot of video games in yeah, that I category. Guess that's it. There's a lot of video games in that category. That's that's a tough critique to level at. Well, it. I'm struggling with, with it on Jedi Survivor. Is the yeah, same. yeah, it's yeah it giving is. Me trouble. It is that. It well, feels it, disconnected to me. Patterns for me, like that's part of why I play video. And I talked about like the puzzles and all that stuff. I am very into, I recognize this paddle. Girl hit buttons. Good thing happened. Girl happy. Girl smile. Like that's, I'm very <laughs> much, um, uh, uh, very much, you know, Schrodinger's uh, uh, Danielle Radford, where it's just like, <laughs> yes, please. Like, uh, I don't know if I press this, if it's going to do the thing that I want, but I'm going to just do it. Um so, yeah, that makes sense because that's, I think, why I love puzzle games and puzzles so much. Right. And I think mm -hmm. that that part of the brain is they're hitting both of them at once. And so if you don't like any of that, yeah, this is not going to be for you. Well, for sure. I mean, I think that in general, the combat in this game is a a kind of puzzle that's based on timing and angles. Mm -hmm. Like, it, mm -hmm. and it's striking that breath of the wild doesn't really make you do it. Not as much. It's yeah. also a Not thing as much. I noted. And I love breath of the wild, but I never fight the guys. You know, I just bow and arrow them. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So you never get in deep with a Lionel. You never, you never take I just a Lionel don't think to task. Link, I don't think Zelda combat's ever been the draw. And in this no. game, I was like, oh, I constantly have to do combat and the dudes respawn every time. I just didn't care for That's that. That's interesting. <laughs> so because I would say the combat in Ocarina of Time is momentous for video games and Ooh. and a draw. I take it back about Ocarina. The combat of Ocarina is on fucking point. Right. And that, but, that was yeah, one of their so big innovations. I yeah. I, hey, I, is that the one with the Z trigger? Yes, that's what that's exactly it. It invented locking uh, on. No, to thank enemies. you. Yeah. No, thank you. No. Well, and I also um just I am not um 3D games make me nauseous. Okay. So every time mm. I try to play them, like I play them and they're great. Obviously they're amazing games, but it's also always like, I just want to like look and see what's up this tree. Please like stop bothering me. Orc dudes. Mm. I get it. Now I have to make a stew. Or swinging I get the it. camera around and around. Right. It's a whole separate thing yes, to focus yes, on. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, and that is completely my ADHD ass. Like I do want something that I can play while I listen to a podcast. Right. Because I need... 
all 20 million pieces of my brain to light up at once to do one task. I would describe Link to the Past and Zelda's 2D combat as being relatively passive compared to shooting games, compared to a lot of games that are... Uh, like reaction based and stuff like where they're testing your reflexes. I don't think that's Zoomerang's fun. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that Zelda even in this point is like, you know, super reflex challenging. I think it's a little bit more about like, again, angles and timing, as you were saying, Mike. So I think people should take from that. If you're going to go back and revisit this game for the first time, it's not going to be Dark Souls uh, or even Ocarina of Time, which is a little bit more of a an encounter. Your conflict, the, like the combat there is more of an encounter. That's not true here. Um, I don't think most people who value this game are so much excited about the combat. I think they're more like, no, no, it's the world and the secrets and the puzzles that make this mm-hmm. game. Yes. And the music, yeah. like iconic, of course, untouchable yeah, music. That's yeah. what people think of when they think why is link to the past so celebrated and did that not stick out to you mike like or did that not feel did those things not work for you when you're playing it uh i thought it did have so compared to link's awakening i appreciated that it felt more mature and epic you know i mean it's still for 14 15 year old right. imaginations yeah. and not 30 year olds right. but no. um more grounded and epic like like ocarina and like link sometimes feels nowadays where you're like oh he's not 11 he's 17 i you know in some games uh and then in uh wind waker he'll be 11 again and that's fine right, right, that's right. like now one of the things they do i appreciate mm-hmm. that it felt adult and like be trying to be epic it's bigger than you thought it was blah 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 it did feel really epic yes um i like that the link world is a different fantasy world i like any fantasy world i also like classic fantasy Mm. but i'm intrigued by any Mm. fantasy world that's not elves dwarves orcs like you know you know where you try something new link is like a different fantasy world it's that's cool about it um and i liked the story elements i just found them like unrelentingly clumsily dispensed um (laughs) tell me what that means tell me what that means um well mostly it's just that a guy is psychically narrating to you what's going on through dimensions which is i it's amazing to me that esp works across multiple dimensions um which is fine enough yeah that's true that's the only way that it works that you gotta be able um, to, and and you gotta touch those slams on the wall. That I <laughs> you gotta touch them those slams. Those speakers, those slab so speakers. I'm, I'm actually kind toucher. of that, especially especially considering the age. But even in modern day, a lot of games are basically the narrator just tells you. And you know, I, we appreciate games that are more sophisticated than that, but it's fine. Um, but my big thing was like. I often didn't know exactly what was happening. Uh, a lot of things I found that there were threads never resolved. Like in the beginning, a dead person who I assume is your dad your uncle says, uncle, oh, uncle says, take my sword, find the princess. Zelda is your dot, dot, dot. I, it, I don't, unless it's like, I don't think the game ever said Zelda's your what lover, sister, destiny. It's never I think they explained. Imply they're related. I think okay. that's what, what and that means. The thing that I just found hilarious <laughs> was at the end of the game, all my questions were answered, but under the credits of the game, when the Triforce <laughs> becomes sentient and retroactively does all the exposition, which is yeah. so clumsy, it yeah, goes, a little bit. Ganon was building up his power so that he could use Aghanim to enter the light world. 
And and like, did you understand that? And you go like, yes. And then the game ends. Like, Look, That's very weird. You've got to remember back in the day we were playing Street Fighter 2. And at the end, they would be like, they all went home to their families. They're happy. Right. And they'd be like, yay, they're happy. Or straight up. We didn't get, I remember, we didn't get resolution I, yeah. back then. I fought Mario forever to win Wonder go- I fought forever to win Wonder Boy and Monster World, and it literally just is a black screen that says, congratulations, you won the game. <laughs> exactly. Like, you go through, like, any Mario, uh, uh, the, the Doki Doki Panic, obviously, Steeler Mario mm-hmm. 2, I would say, is the one that came the close to being like, oh, it was a dream. And it's like, well, normally y'all don't give us nothing. So at least we got an ending with a curtain. <laughs> it really was, like, so, uh, so much what it was uh, back then. Even... Uh, even going through, I remember, you know, uh, I love fighting games. I love Mortal Kombat, as everyone knows. And yeah, everyone afterwards would be like, they fucked off to Outworld. And it's like, okay, can I see, okay. can I, can I see them Til fuck next off time. to Outworld? Oh yeah. no, fuck me, right? Okay, fuck me, right? No worries. <laughs> no worries, Boone and Tobias. Fuck me. I don't get to see it. So, so yeah, I so much love at the end of this that they go, and then the Master Sword slept again forever and you're like no no no, no, no. no. it woke no, up sir. again trust me dude no, sir. many times <laughs> why would you even <laughs> say that are you insane yeah uh i'm looking up I, so i'm looking up uh, some plots from jrpgs of the time uh like for instance final fantasy is a game that was released a couple years earlier and uh one thing that zelda kind of doesn't do that i feel like a lot of these jrpgs of the time do is like expand the expand the lore you know, I think that's they keep it tight and nice. Yeah, and yeah sleek. Zelda's yeah. not mm. Zelda's not that concerned with saying why are there sages? Why is there a dark world? What's the history yeah, what is, of the yeah, sages? Does, yeah. Zelda's never wanted to do the deep dive on that, and this game and I also didn't want to do it. Yeah, you know, I don't. I kind of don't want them to do it. I don't either. Sometimes I just like an adventure where it's like, just let me get in and I'll figure it out. Okay, there are sages, there are fairies. We have hearts like above our heads. Uh, uh, we're just allowed to no one has locks um i can just go into their house and ransack all their shit and at the end they'll be like oh wink did you say hi to my niece like no one i i nothing that i do to the townspeople has any repercussions unless i touch a chicken (laughs) there's no moral choices that fuck you later you don't want zelda scrolls we no, have right, right, right. Right, right. like this right, is right, separate right. than that. Right. Yeah, for well, sure. Different vibe. Oh God. Could you imagine fable with Zelda where it's like every time just now lots you, of talking. Yeah. Oh, quests, like thousands of quests on your well, task thing. That, it's just not similar. I think that vibes, tells yeah. you that, that they don't think they being Nintendo and the designers of this game think that understanding why the world is what it is, is the important ingredient to telling this story. No, they don't think that matters. Um, I'm inclined to agree with them that I don't think it matters, but I don't. That doesn't diminish a lot of gamers opinions that like are very passionate about. What about the lore? Why is this this stuff here? I think the games where Nintendo's tried to flush out the world more in the Zelda universe have been the worst ones. Like, for instance, Skyward Sword. That's not that's one of my least favorite of the Zelda games. And it's like different. Yeah, different, different exercises demand different levels of world. That's building, right, for and sure. I think the world yeah. building detracts from the fun of it. Um, in my that's Look, in this case, I, I play D and D a lot. I play video games a mm. lot. Uh, mm. I uh, the only place I think lore actually matters is professional wrestling. <laughs> Sorry. You're 100 percent right about it mattering in in professional wrestling. 
And I love that you I said think it. There's other places too, but <laughs> sure, granted. <laughs> no, I, I just love how bold matter. I take it. But it depends on what story. What story? Marvel, like, no. I Star think, Wars, yeah. no. No, I <laughs> think like it's sweeping it all aside. Well, no, I mean, I think that that lore matters, but also, did you necessarily look? Uh, we go back now. I didn't watch the prequels, but I think mm-hmm. a lot of the things that people are like, yeah, no, we needed to hear about this. We need to hear about that. I never needed to hear about Anakin's like thing where he murdered a bunch of Jawas. Like, right. it's. It, 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 I think it's a supplemental and it helps feed the story, but no. I think it's not like the, no. <laughs> but um, it's it's not oh, the actual experience. Justice for him. Yeah, but it's, it's not, not the, the actual experience, experience that I have. Correct. I don't need to know about like the friggin' crystals in the. Uh, no, I do because I didn't want to go make you one. To Never know. mind. I'm a liar. I'm a. I didn't want to know until I knew that I could buy one, and that's how capitalism kills us all, children. <laughs> I do like stuff like that. And I read the books in Skyrim, but I'm that kind yeah. of nerd. Like everyone's different, right? And that's and why there's different types it, of games. Far be it no, when it comes to when it comes to comic books, I am a lore nerd, yeah. so I'm a liar. I'm a fraud. I, but I wrestling above all. That's fine. I don't generally invest in lore in any of these activities unless it's like I guess sports. I I care about sports lore because it mm. because I do think that enhances the emotional connection to us uh, uh, an actual game which is maybe why it's yes. also based on a true story right, right? right, right. it's their lives but like and so but i but i don't that doesn't mean like witcher 3 sucks because of it's because it's all lore and stuff no, i think no 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 i think no, what no. it means is that the immediate experience in this game is more is a much more concentrated and less inquisitive experience and i think they're trying to they're trying to give you the sense every Zelda in some sense is trying to give you the sense that you're mm. in a world where you're figuring out what happened. What is it? You are the hero. It's, and you're always, but it's always like, why? And you know that because you can change your name in right. the thing. Whereas like Correct. a lot of places you're not allowed to change the name because this is that lore. This, this is, is that what it story. is. Right. You what don't were you guys' to, names yeah. this playthrough? If, if I may ask. Uh, I went, oh. I went, I went with Renegades. Uh, because I okay. was going to do some. I was pink. P exclamation point. N K. <laughs> Shout you, out. I usually, Rhymes with link. I usually go with either Dan Rad or D's nuts. <laughs> was these it D's nuts? I'm not proud. You could link these yeah. nuts to another yeah. dimension. Grab will shut these nuts over That's there. That's great. Uh, there is link. Yeah, there is still. There's minimal lore, and it's it's a good hint. Well, like I like it. Um, but, I like that there's an elder named Sal Hasrala, aka Revolver. That's it, dude. I got okay. I, I got my joke. I got out. so excited about that because <laughs> uh, it was like anytime we can get some Kojima in here. No, so briefly, I just want to say this about the story. Then I think we can move on. It is still more story than most games have at the time. At that time, yeah, it's sure. still a lot of story for a video game. Right. It's just not a lot of story for a contemporary video game. Yes. Um, so yeah. I think that matters. So right, and that's why I barely mention stuff like uh, my bones like wanted a parry move and a dodge move, but what do you, you know, one step at a time, buddy. Right. Like, right. Yeah. Right. So is there? Wait. Any- did they did they add that in? I'm sorry, I have to interrupt here because I'm not sure what version everyone's playing, but they did add in extra moves because after they did, oh. um, four swords. The Four Swords game, they started incorporating some of the Four Swords moves into their newer 
They're like um, remakes and stuff. Reissues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, um, uh, Link's Awakening had some four sword shit. Interesting. And I believe, depending on which version of Link to the Past you're playing, it does have some four swords, a little bit more sword play. I don't think it's I don't think it's doing what you needed to do, Mike. But I think it is a little bit more after they add that in. I did not play. I played the version that's on Nintendo Online. That's stripped. Yeah, down. that was Same. original. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seemed pretty straightforward. Yeah. So I don't know. I'd be because I think it was the GBA reissue. Um, Interesting. But I'd have to check. I think it's the Game Boy Advance reissue where they started mm. adding in the Four Swords stuff. Four Swords is also a really good game. Yeah. <laughs> also, it is. please stop almost saying. Oh no, that's Forspoken. Sorry, I was about to dig on Forspoken, but I thought it was called Forsworn. That's okay. <laughs> Adam, cut this bit. No, no, I'm leaving it in. Uh, He's like, no, just... aborted bits. Yeah, they can't all be <laughs> they winners. They can't all be winners. So wait, Mike, I just want to I want to make sure I've gotten all of your points out. Aside from the clumsy narrative development, did you have problems with how the game played? I have one more point, right. but I didn't want the episode to be focused on. But my it needs to be. Rankers. It needs to be because otherwise right. we're going to say things everybody <laughs> knows, which is it's the you. best game ever. You know, it's oh, yes. sure. So, well, yeah. So why it's not for right. me? The other big reason is the other half is exploration and puzzles. And I guess you're right in saying that uh, quality of life improvements. You know, maybe it's too much to expect, but there were things that I felt. No, even at that time, I could have thought of that and it would have been way better. So like there are a couple dungeons where they do the thing, which I thought, ah, they knew even at this time, how smart, where when you complete a dungeon, eventually you get the thing you can blow that takes you or the mirror, right? Yeah. It can take you to the front. But before that, there's a couple dungeons Mm -hmm. where they do the thing where the last room loops back to the first room and you're like, oh, great. Um, But then there's a lot of times where. Uh, and I understand the physical game came with a, an actual map. So then I allowed myself to look at the map and know the locations where I was trying to go. That helped a lot. I imagine if I started with the map, I would have been less frustrated. But I didn't use the strategy guide because I did want to experience how I would have when I was 11 or 13 or whatever. Mm. And I would not buy strategy guides at that age. And I and I do. Under, and I thought part of the fun, because I know that Tunic is trying to appeal to this, was the obtuse and obscure mysteries and secrets. There's secrets everywhere. Uh, I found that that was keyed to such a degree that it seemed arbitrarily, like cruelly punishing. Like, for example... I beat Aganim and they revealed that Ganondorf is the real threat. Yep. And then they deposited me at the front of this mm-hmm. hedge maze with this red dinosaur bird pecking at me. And I proceeded to navigate the hedge maze with the dino bird pecking at me all the way, which is really hard because you got to dodge it continuously while navigating a maze. And I got to the front and realized after doing that, which took me quite a while that I can't get in because I need the moon pearl, which I had never heard of and didn't know where it was. So I had to bumble around the entire world map talking to everyone until I found someone who mentioned the moon pearl. Then follow that thread, which involved going back up Death Mountain, which I had just come down from, switching to the dark world, standing on a random patch of brown grass that there's no reason to know it's special. Warp back, and that's Mm -hmm. how you get to Hera's Tower, where you can get the moon pearl by... There's these um, 
there's these, you know, pieces of ground that fall away. And the whole game, you're avoiding falling because it kills you. There's one that doesn't kill you. It drops you on top of the moon pearl. Mm-hmm. Fuck all that, dude. That is not fun. It's like you literally, it's to, it feels like it's to sell strategy guides. Or like a walkthrough would be the only way I could ever beat this game. And I just don't like that as a, like versus even by the time of Ocarina. The dungeons aren't all just random mazes. They're conceptual. Like you climb to the top of the tree and you drop through the spider web. And the puzzles are like varied and physics based. And I just, every dungeon was figure out the layout of the dungeon, randomly talk to someone way the hell (laughs) over on the other side of the map that no one told you to talk to. And they tell you, you need a random item you never could have thought of. And then you can go there. It just felt like Metroid, for example, Super Metroid, much more sensible. I understood intuitively, oh, that move will help me get here. In this, it was like, get the duck and now you can do this. Get the flute and now you can do this. I'm like, none of this connects. And the only thing I'll say that softens it is, and I do recognize this, all my favorite point and click games from the same era. We just discussed this on an episode. Totally true of them, too, where the solution will be like, use the bagpipe on the hamster. And you're like, fucking why? Yes. Here's the thing. <laughs> I think this is a really important thing also to understand about this game and to understand about the Zelda series. The Zelda series was the first time that a cartridge game had a save function. Good you point. Could not save and go back and wow, retry things and retry things. And so I don't remember if it was the first Zelda or if it was the second one, but definitely by the time they got to um, the Super Nintendo era, this was really when everyone had save available because you didn't have that. And so that's why I think knowing that oh, we've already established now that we want to make something so big that obviously you you can't go back, you can't warp whistle, you need to be able to explore it and save it so you can go explore other stuff. I think that opens up your brain to be like, okay, well, we can have you kind of have to go around and ask different people and figure stuff out as different areas open up because we've finally given you the ability to be able to save that shit, not just have a password that's like, yeah. I guess this kind of vaguely puts you where you were. I'm talking about you, Prince of Persia. Yeah. The one thing I feel like I can project myself back to being 11 and experience because I experienced with other games that were in my lane, right? It must have felt so big when you turned yeah, it on. Huge. Like I could play this game forever. It was a huge yeah. game. So I think I I have to disagree with your characterization of the game's items not relating to the quests or the dungeons not being having what a is thing. A moon pearl, Adam. Can, you it. made one example, <laughs> and I congratulate you on that, sir. Nonetheless, in most cases with these Zelda items, they are the gateway to the next thing. Uh, like directly, yeah, you go directly, directly to the next thing. Opening up areas. There are times yeah. that the game gets obtuse. I will not say that it doesn't. Why are you a pink rabbit in the dark world? Because there's evil magic there, Mike. That's a thing that explains. Right. You, right. you, you delightful person. Everyone gets warped and <laughs> mutated when you go into the That's dark right. world. It's just dark world That's shit. Dark world shit, bro. Oh, I'm sorry, Mike. I don't know no, if that you've goes ever back been to in- Adam saying stuff doesn't have to be explained, but I like <laughs> no. stuff where stuff is explained. This, but this and that's was just explained. The I'm just saying, like sometimes it's just like dark no, but world why shit. Like specifically you get a because pink- you. Six foot tall, Easter bunny style, smiling, plush bunny rabbit. 
Because you got invited to the Dark World party, and that was what right. they told and you. That was your I find, I find your lack of imagination disturbing this time, Mike. I, 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 I just sure. would put, I guess I would say, and I'm not arguing with your experience of it. I never would. Uh, no. But I do think that for the sake of representing the experience of the game to other people who maybe haven't played it, in most cases, mm. the item you get directly leads to the next thing. And also there yes. is a map in the game that you access all the time to tell you where to go next. Mm-hmm. And like it literally tells you what order the things are in. Um, so I say that because, you know, it's not it's not like Zelda one, which is exactly what you just described. Zelda one. I don't know how anybody ever beat that without a walk, without a guide. That game's almost impossible. Well, I still feel that about this one. Maybe I'm super dumb, no, but I, I found not. in almost every case that I would get to the front of the temple, which takes some doing. And it would be mm-hmm. locked and they'd go, no, dummy, you need this thing. And I'd go, oh, and I'd go back and I'd do it again. Well, and then the thing would be the thing would be something where it was like a new. Um, and this is where it really is about. Um, to me, this feels like the first time when GTA really opened up it, it, its things and became more free roam. Um, mm-hmm. This felt like it um not only rewarded but kind of required you to roam yeah, around right. and start being like i can't get here yet i can't but get here i remember yet. I can't it get here yet. but i remember uh-huh. that oh mm-hmm. i have this so now i can break these yes. rocks and get into these areas Correct. oh now i have the slingshot now i can get over this lake and get into this other area it rewarded you for exploring the map as it was at the time over and over while also be, and then you could be like, Oh, this was a place I couldn't get before, but now I have this, this object I can get. The game expects you to remember stuff you encountered that you couldn't do yet. And then to apply that knowledge when you get an item, like that's the fundamental thing it expects you to do. It's a lot to ask now of a video game. I just found in Metroid because they literally show you the move. It's not that you got a feather or a mirror. It's, you do this now. And it was so easy in my mind to go, Oh, doing that would let me right. get through that thing. I found myself way more often in this mm. going, you need magic powder to level up your sword. Cause your sword can't kill Ganon without it. But the magic powder you get by finding a mushroom randomly in the woods and giving it to the witch and then waiting X amount of time. And she makes magic powder. I just don't know. I wouldn't call that intuitive. It just doesn't <laughs> seem intuitive to me. And well, then other ones are like you get the flippers and then you can swim. But I'll point out again, you get the flippers by going to a random spot where there's a whirlpool identical mm-hmm. to a bunch of other whirlpools that kill you. But this one, you're supposed to throw something into it. Yes. And then a guy comes out and goes, you made me grumpy and throws flippers at you. I would call that not intuitive. I, I I don't think I think it rewards curiosity and being able to try and try and fail. And talking to townspeople who generally give you hints and then going to do yes. what they say. That's almost every they quest. Are yes. shit. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, shit. that's almost every one. That would have changed everything yeah. too. I oh, never no, no, spoke no. to a townsperson and I didn't know that. You never <gasps> spoke to a townsperson. No. So that would have been big. The whole it, yeah, game was speaking to townspeople. I assumed they'd all just say, we no. hope you kill Ganon. You know what I no, mean? No, they tell you literally everything to do on every part. They give, they're give. they giving you hints. This oh, is like that yeah, time, no, I wouldn't like it either. This is like that time you didn't oh. go on the road in Breath of the Wild and didn't find the thing for a while because it was on the road. It's like that. Oh, the guy that takes Deku seeds from you, right. I didn't find for like 40 right. hours. And I was like, fuck, yeah. that's miserable. I just feel bad. 
Because he upgrades all your pouch exactly. sizes. I was like, does this game not have inventory upgrades? That's so frustrating. Yeah. And you're like, of course it yeah. does. Yeah. Well, well that's no, the that problem with yeah. blind exploration, wow. right? Like you yeah. may or may not encounter the things. That's true. I still stand by my points. I feel like y'all are looking for an easy excuse. Like, oh, that's why I didn't like it. No, I still no. don't like the combat okay. or the puzzles. Yeah. yeah, you can still hate You can hate what you want. Yeah. I mean, for sure. I just, it, but it, I, the way I know it comes down to taste. And that's why I brought up Sifu is uh, talk about backtracking. Sifu is only doing the same five levels over and over and over right. and over. So that's what I think is also magic about video games. Mm. Like, why does that work on me? And I'm and this doesn't. I don't actually know. So I haven't played Sifu yet. What which uh, um, is that? On? It's on all the platforms. It's just I five think. hard beat em up levels and you do them over and over until you're good at them. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like a, oh, it's like a mix of uh, a beat em up and then like. Uh, a little bit of Dark Soulsy. Uh, yeah. It's like a little Dark Soulsy. Uh, it's great. I also found a very, a, quite a connection or a connection that moves my soul between the two games in the sense that there's one dungeon in Link to the Past where you go in a room and you encounter a guy who's completely hedged in. He's trying to walk, but he mm. can't attack you. And he's in like four pots or he's just in one pixel square. He can't move. <laughs> and I'm like, that dude, as far as henchman goes, is not set up for success. <laughs> it really reminds me of how confident the very first guy on the very first level of Sifu yeah, you encounter absolutely. is. Who's like, I'm going to kick your ass. And you have knocked him out before he gets a word out. Like, because he's the and first it's very guy. very fun. Anyway, I, it, I, find it crunches. It fun. I also find it hilarious. Yeah, I also find it hilarious in this game. That the soldiers must be like, well, he made it to the other room. It's their problem now. <laughs> like, they just, I actually kind of think it archways. is. Yeah. That's yeah. right. They'll take care of him. It is a lot of just like waiting for them to like do their soldier stuff and sneak past. And it's like, you have to see me. I have the literal princess behind me and mm-hmm. she's not fast. Right. She glows. You have to yeah. see I me. think it's funny how many times Link survives falling between stories. He's like a cat. Like he just he just falls from one story to the other, lands on his feet every time. That's his real superpower. I love ah! I like it's funny that he's actually silent. Yeah. I wish instead of being silent, he only ever said okay. Because <laughs> it would be so funny if they're like, so this sword rifts the dimensions, and the evil wizard is actually a pig man who's gonna take over the dimensions. Okay. okay? <laughs> like he accepts everything. Yep. I good. also love that he's just slot. All these people are mind controlled and he's just slaughtering yeah. them. Just, just like, yeah, just, just slicing them to pieces, <laughs> whipping his magic. He's at them. doing them a favor. They wouldn't want to know that they became this. the pawns. Of <laughs> and look, it's like when you, it's like when you're um, a zombie and you're like, just kill me. Just kill me. I don't want to be a yeah. zombie. Just sure. uh, very yeah. briefly. I, I, I do think there is some critique worth bearing that the later items in this game feel a little bit. Uh, a little eh, they're not the best. Like I, I think like a lot of the Zelda games, they have some pristine items and then there's a few wacky ones. Ocarina of Time has like in general, the best items across the board. This game has like an item that just summons blocks and stuff. And like a couple other that you're like, I didn't find the amulet they were like, super right, useful, you yeah, know. They, but they're trying yeah. stuff. Yeah. They're just All trying right, stuff. Yeah. But you know, they, they were the first people that were like, you know what you need if you want to make a really Bang and potion, which to me potion mm. means smoothie. Truth. Um, you gotta find you gotta find a glass jar. <laughs> they have smoothies the glass only jars. taste good. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah putting smoothie. stuff in jars, which yeah. I first encountered in Ocarina, and I was like, that's the coolest thing ever. You can put like four different things in the jar. But it's this it's this <laughs> game, and you're like, and yeah. Then, yeah. 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 So now it's like it's like Pinterest where it's like, look, I just I just really want to make a good smoothie. And it's like, oh, yeah, I would just you need to make sure you have a jelly jar. And that's what you put your smoothie into. Leave it mm-hmm. overnight. Every game that Zelda has where you have to find the, the bottles, there's always one grumble fuck that has a bottle. There's always just one person. It's yes. just like, you know what? I hate everybody. And you take this bottle and get out of my face. And this guy, there's one in this game that's under the bridge. And I, I loved him so much. Just living his so life, much. grumbling under there. Incredible. I know. Well, and that is one of, I mean, I could also talk about Stardew Valley all day, but mm. it is like, it reminds me very, I could talk about Stardew Valley mm. all day. Um, I have romanced all of everyone. Amazing. Uh, I married, I married a robot girl, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's again, those are one of those ones where, and yes, a lot of these, if you did not have, like, if you didn't want to go through and fail and fail and fail and fail and fail again, and I didn't, that was why they were able to sell all of those walkthroughs for sure. And you know what? Like there was definitely, I was a kid who was like, I read when I eat, so I'm just like chugging down cereal and sometimes reading a walkthrough. Just like I've done that before. I, I would say to me yeah. that's the equivalent of well, if you hear the director talk about the movie outside the movie, then you'll understand the movie. Well, then, the then movie that should work in the movie. Yeah, I, right. I see. I feel differently now in this time where uh, guides and walkthroughs are a, a given part of the experience of video games. Lots yeah. of video games yeah. are playing it's them. Gone too far. Yeah. Now, most games have like a yellow line that's like walk on this line. <laughs> I mean, right. And I think that this game is a bit of a gamble on that continuum that for the most right. part works, but it does get it does get a little challenging at times. I think we're at a point, though, where whatever we have left to say, we should say it on the other side of a break. Don't you agree, Mike? Yeah. OK, yeah. Mm-hmm. let's take a quick diversion here and then we'll warp back to the dark world for our final conversation about keeping careful it's dangerous to go alone zelda is your today i'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids how about instead of timeouts time ins time for you to start paying some bills I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp-to-hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position 
warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On a network that covers more roads than any other carrier. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. And we're back. <laughs> this is still one so of good. Ship Ship Heads, Danielle, Michael, and That's Adam, right. wrapping it up and wrapping it out, deciding whether Link to the Past makes it onto our celestial hard drive. Can I get a refresher, Adam, on what's on which the hard Zelda drive? games we have on here yeah. that has made it? Yeah, I know Breath of the Wild, all and Ocarina. Those and are Ocarina, the two. and that's all so that's far. Right. Awakening did not. No, okay, I think I'll go last for suspense. Thank you. I love I love Ooh. that you're doing that because uh, I think that's more fun for our podcast. But let's pass our final checkpoint. Uh, Danielle, you go first. I think that um, not only in terms of obviously nostalgia, which is completely there, and um, some of the facts that I I talked about about like gameplay and the reasons why people love it, I think this is an important game um, that goes up there. Not just because of how much fun people have while they play it, but because of it, it is there is a history there. Like we we've been talking about how this game is one of those ones where if you go back and you play it, you're like, eh, if you've never played it before. But it was so much of a cornerstone and changed the way a lot of games were back during its time. Like that makes it important, even if it's like. I didn't really dig it like playing it. It wasn't really for me. There's a lot of games that count like that for me where I'm like, okay, but Contra wasn't really for me, but I get why that would right. be up there. And this is one of those ones where it's like, I, and personal feelings included. It's just, it's so much fun. It's easily replayable. You can put that game in anyone's hands. Um, as long as you trust them to hold things in their hands. And they could get through that and have a really fun time. And even if it's frustrating, even if you've got to finish some stuff for them, um, they'll really enjoy it. It was um, the Legend of Zelda series is a seminal series in video gaming, period. And this is the one where it really became or started to become what it was going to be. And it set the standard for what it was going to be. And then many things, um, you can see the influences both before and after, and it really did change gaming. And I think that that's important enough to put that up on the shelf. Great points. Uh, for my part, I think I have two criteria when I think about keeping an older game, uh, it's historical mm -hmm. significance. And is it still replayable? 
Those are, those are the two things. Like, is it still fun to play? Oh, that's good. Um, if it's not fun to play anymore, it better be real significant. You know what I mean? Like it, it better be like transcendently significant. I would say this on both those criteria completely belongs on the hard drive. Um, I think link to the past is the thing we should keep about 2d Zelda. And I think 2d Zelda inspired a, a mountain of games uh, and mm. it, the mechanics have been adopted into 3d Zeldas into 3d games that you've seen a million times. Uh, Zelda is uh, one of the most important franchises in video games. And this is one of their best entries. We should keep it. Let's say you Swaymo. I have three criteria I judge old games on, and I'm not trying to say Adam does it just because he didn't mention it, but I don't think he does actually take the third one into account, or I don't know to what degree, but I definitely do just because we all go around the world projecting our own personalities on the people around us, and I'm very sensitive, so I'm always worried about other people being sensitive. Mm. So my three criteria are the first two he said, plus will it hurt Adam's feelings? <laughs> and I will say the third one is weighing heavily in my decision to keep the oh, game. Oh, wow. Uh, really? Really? Friendship. Well, because yeah. well, it would like I just can't do oh, that. Oh yeah, you to could. You. I don't know. That just seems like it would fuck you. No, up. you should. You should. You <laughs> right? should keep the. You should delete this if you think it doesn't well, deserve it. I also, I also grant no because I don't think I grant. I think a a two D Zelda is such so historically significant in the flow of action and RPG inventions that we have to keep a two D Zelda. I don't think I'll encounter one I, I like better right. than this, even though I don't like this much. So I think this would be the emblematic one. Also, my understanding from people who do love Zelda games, and I and I do from Ocarina Forward. Yeah. I don't like the 2Ds, it seems. But um, people that love 2D Zelda, this is the one, right? I think so. Like, this would be the yeah. one to keep that's most emblematic. I think so. Yeah, so. Yeah. I mean, I... So it's not just the third factor, but it's That's sweet of you to say, and I love you too. Uh, I, I would say... <laughs> Having just replayed the original Legend of Zelda, which maybe we'll cover someday, it's a lot harder to play. This game is Probably. a lot easier to play in a way that is is good for video games and good for gamers. You know, like I don't think being hard to play is always bad, but it's not good in that yeah. case compared to this game. So, also, I don't want listeners thinking I make decisions frivolously or emotionally. So I said the thing about historical significance, which is true. I wouldn't keep it if I thought it was unimportant. And I bad. think you, you would hundred percent I mean? would delete it's this important. game if you didn't think it was important. I think you would hundred percent would do it. It's an, it's for sure yeah. important, yeah. and I see that that's yeah. part of it. Yeah. Um, also, note that brings us to fifty games on the Celestial hard drive. So it's half full, oh. half or half empty, Ooh. however you want to look and at it. And three of those are half lives. <laughs> So we're going to have to fix I some mean, stuff. That's fair. I mean, and three of them are Zelda's But that's now. probably correct, though. Uh, and I believe three of them are Mario's, at least there, two. Yeah. Mm, I can't. I like and one of them is Stardew Valley, which that's will right. please Danielle. Yeah. yeah. There's two from uh, games Another on one there. is Psychonauts. But that's on there. Oh, I'm trying to. I'm looking. I'm just like, what's the weirdest because for a long time Forbidden it City. was Forbidden City, City or yeah. Forbidden City. But I'm like, what's the outlier that I'm like, that's weird that that's on there. I guess for me it's F-Zero because you snuck that in while you can I was always dist- You can always take it off in a hard drive episode. You can always do that. Yeah, we will do. We will do a hard drive cleanup Great. episodes. I'll call my shot now. I'm trying to bring Tsushima back. I don't know what that's we were thinking. That's a good thinking. conversation. I can see that. Yeah. Did- 
for another Danielle, time. Danielle, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. You are wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. I never get to, um, you know, I used to be the assistant manager of selling video games a million years ago, and I never get to really talk about video games anymore because everyone's like, make fun of movies or make fun of wrestling. And I'm like, I will. <laughs> but I never get to talk about games anymore. This is really That's pleasant. Great. Thank you. Well, we'd love to have you back. Is there any place that we can find your work to celebrate the person that is you? Oh, um, so uh, anything new that I have coming out, you can find, uh, I'll, I'll plug it on Twitter at Danielle Radford, but go check out the Honest trailers. I help write those. Uh, uh, we are still allowed to do that. We are not WGA. Mm. Um, so uh, I am still allowed to do that, and they haven't called for that to be shut down. It's not a struck company. Don't be hey. mean to me. I'm allowed. <laughs> please, do, please don't be mean to me. I have to pay yeah, my yeah. rent, but I'm allowed, or I would. Promise. Yeah. Um and what else? Um, if you like any of me doing that tabletop stuff, I am still. Um, you can find that everywhere. I've done a Star Trek one. I've been. I've done some stuff with D twenty. You can find those. If you like comic books, I wrote an issue of an Agretzko comic that you can go find. I haven't written video games yet, but um, I mean, I'm gonna. I'm it's gonna coming. Have. The day is coming. It's coming. It's Love coming. it. Uh, you can find extra podcasts with Mike and I on the Patreon that we uh, actively update on the regular. It's patreon.com forward slash small beans. There you will find podcasts we make about every topic you can imagine. Movies, other takes on movies, yet a third view on movies, multi-curse uh, <laughs> shows yeah. too. <laughs> That's right. Uh, we do stuff on the art of directing, stuff on uh, mm. the the experience of depression, friendship, and we're even uh, mm. collecting money for a movie right now because Mike and his, his uh, longtime collaborator and partner, Abe, are making a fantastic indie feature film called Papa Bear. Mike, I'll let you say more about that if you want. Yeah, if I may. Uh, we made one movie before. If you want to see how we do it, uh, it's called Kill Me Now. It stars Beck Bennett and Kyle Mooney of SNL fame. You can look that up on YouTube and just watch it for free if you want. Um, just as a sample, if you know us from before this podcast and you didn't just come in through the gaming door, it's probably because of our work at Cracked. We ran the video department there, so you can see our work there. We did some sketches that I would call movie quality for no sure. And so now we're making our second movie. We have, uh, I'm just trying to say like, we're more serious than most people who say, Hey, you we're are capable of making um, a feature film. Yeah, that's right. And we have done it before once and we want to do it again. And we have a bunch of money already in the bank, but there's a crowdfunding portion that we need to bridge the gap. Um, so yeah, I hope make our dreams come true, but it's also going to be a good movie. Like I can confidently say that it's loosely based on the true story of when my dad came out as a gay furry when I was 17. Um, it's poignant hilarious family coming of age sex comedy drama and uh go check it out you can learn everything you need to know over at seedandspark.com slash fund slash papa hyphen bear it's a good script i've read it several That's times out. and thanks it's, it's worth Ooh. it's worth making yeah you can do we're we're totally transparent you can look at our business plan you can see how much money is in play you can read the script whatever you want <laughs> It's all over well, that's there. all the, the game that's fit to criticize today. So uh, farewell, mm -hmm. shiphead. See you in the dark side on our next episode of One Upsmanship. Work complete.
Have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.